button. I'll open in prayer and we'll get started and uh, go from there. Lord, we love you so much. So grateful to be together today. Thank you, thank you, thank you as always to gather around your word and to learn together. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being the great teacher, uh, the one who shows us things, reminds us things, uh, gives us application in things. Um, And as always, Holy Spirit, we need your help today. So dependent on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Going to kind of remember if if I said last week when we were all together, we had about uh, three ways to take off and I was kind of circling So I think we'll hit one of the other ways that we didn't get last week. But I do want to kind of connect from what we did last week back in Psalms 34 because Selena and I have a present for each household that we want to give you this morning that's in connection to what we're talking about. But here in Psalms 34, and last week we talked about it, it said, I will bless the Lord when? At all times, right? And his praise shall how often? continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Amen. So my soul will boast in the Lord, but it says, I will bless the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right? I love that. Do you realize how much will is involved in following God? It did, the psalmist didn't say, I might. He didn't say, if it feels good or if it's convenient or if I can, if I'm able. What did he say? I will. He said, I will. It's real reminiscent of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul said, I will pray in the spirit and I will pray in my understanding. Right? So much of what it is to follow God is an act of your will. Did you know that? And in the church world, we don't teach that a lot, right? We we teach a lot about, um, let me be nice, but funny. Can I do that? And (laughs) we teach a whole lot about God is just this big sovereign force that is just going to exert himself upon mankind and just make things happen. Anybody ever heard of a God like that? Yes. Right. That it's just going to be, you know, do you understand that that's uh, not really true? Some of you are looking kind of funny right now. Now he's still God. Now, and this is not the topic of today. Now is God sovereign? Meaning is God supreme? And the answer is yes, yes absolutely. Is God Lord of all? Absolutely. Right. Is God omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, all the God things? Yes. Yes. Is God in control of you? No. (laughs) He can be. If you'll yield your will, if I'll yield my will to him, he can be in control of me. Right. But he does not force him. You'll hear me say, I don't mean this necessarily for overshock value, but God is not a rapist. Right. God does not force himself upon us. Right? He does not come and he, in his sovereignty as God, in his choice, he gave you and I free will or the ability to choose. That's why you read so much of scripture that says, I will do this. I will bless the Lord. I will pray. 
I will follow God. Remember the famous verse that's on almost everybody, good Christian Southern person's wall? As for me and my house, mm-hmm. we, are, <laughs> we shall serve the Lord. Right? Don't you love all that good Christian art? I, I do too. I'm not trying to pick on it. Just make sure you live it and don't just, <laughs> and don't just hang it. Right? Just make sure it's not just a hanging piece of wall art, but it's actually something. Amen. Are you with me? You ever heard? Can, can, Yeah, yeah, the fish, the fish. Yeah, don't be that guy. Don't be the guy with the fish on your car giving everybody the single fingered wave, right? You know, and so. (laughs) Does, but does that make sense? You know, you probably heard, you know, uh, a good preacher say, you know, practice what you preach. Have you ever heard that phrase before? You know, a better way to say that is, is will you just preach what you practice? Yes. Preach what you practice. Yeah, just just preach what you practice. Hey, I'm all with this. You might even say, hey, I'm just now starting practice right now. <laughs> I just started practicing today. So let me tell you about it. But, I, but I'm not going to preach it, then practice it. I'm going to say, I will practice it. And while I'm practicing, I will preach. Right? Does that, and we'll talk a little bit more about this. Because it is, it is not the word of God that is known that changes your life. It's the word of God that is lived that changes your life. Can I say that one more time? It's not the word of God known that changes your life. It's the word of God lived. Even when we say, and I know some people might say, well, Brad, it says, and Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Right? But that word know there is a different than a mental no. It's an experiential no. It's the same kind of knowing, again, not to be too graphic, of a husband knew his wife. How many of you know that's not, um, that's not theoretical? That's not a chit-chat session, right? You know what I mean? The, 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 it, I, I know my wife through experience. I, this, I always like picking on her. She hates this phrase, but I'll do it anyway. So it's, I, that's how I know this... Um, I, I know how Selena, how anointed Selena is, is because I'm laying hands on her all the time. Right? That's, that's how anointed I know she is all the time. That's right. That's all the time. Amen. But hey, listen, that's, I, I know my wife. That's not theory. That's not a book. Right? That's, and that's what Jesus, when you know truth, the truth known will set you free. The truth that you, and that's why John in his first letter, and um, go over there with me to the book of 1 John. This okay this morning? I know, I'm picking on you, but it's fun for me. I hope it's fun for you. But first, 1 John is an interesting thing. Again, so John, remember, the Apostle John was like Jesus' BFF, right? Closest person to Jesus on the earth was John. So listen to what John said. Now, when John wrote the book of 1 John, he was in his 90s. He had been walking with the Lord his whole life, right? He was the only of the apostles, for those that are history, he was the only one of the apostles that didn't experience martyrdom. He was the only one, and if you read, and I encourage you to read Fox's book of martyrs, they tried to kill him a number of times, and it just wouldn't stick, right? One of the times it says they literally, they heated up a big pot of oil, and we're going to boil him in oil alive 
pitched him in there and he just had a nice spa experience, right? He just was, he was all right. They couldn't kill him. So that's why they had to exile him to the Isle of Patmos, right? And there he just saw Jesus in the fullness of the consummation of all things. <laughs> so aren't you glad? Just be John, will you? Just be somebody that they just can't keep you down, right? Just be somebody. And this is, this is how you become somebody that they just can't kill and they just can't keep down. He says in verse 1 of chapter 1 of 1 John, that which was from the beginning, now notice, which we heard, which we saw with our own eyes, which we looked upon, or really means which we looked into, and which our hands handled concerning the word of life. Do you know why the, the Bible doesn't work for many Christians? Is they haven't done these four things. Right? That which we, most people go, well, I heard it. And you can kind of tell those people, you'll start talking to them. And they go, yeah, 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 I heard that before. And normally if, if you ever see me enter engage with believers and they go, yeah, I heard that before. I just stopped talking. <laughs> let's, let's talk about let's, the weather. Let's do something different because I can't, I can't help you because you're not willing to go beyond hearing only, right? That which we have heard. So it all starts with hearing, which we saw with our own eyes. Now here, John was literally talking about, he physically saw Jesus, but guys, how many of you have seen God do something in your life? You've seen God show up. How many of you have seen things come to pass from the written word and from a prophetic word? Because yes. you have experienced God. Yes. Right? So you've heard, you've seen with your own eye, you looked into it. How many of you looked into some stuff? Amen. How many of you, you know, again, and this is, and this is great. How many of you have had things challenged? Things didn't go your way. Things didn't work out the way you wanted them to. Or even the way you would look at the Bible and go, man, God, you didn't want it to work out that way either. Right? <laughs> right? And you begin to look into it. You begin to go one more time. Remember we talked about that for some weeks with David. And how, how did David kill a giant? He kept going to people and saying, tell me one more time. What's the promise for the man who kills this guy? What's going to be done for the man who believes God? What's going to be done for the woman who believes? Tell me one more time. I'm going to look at it one more time. Does that make sense? I'm going to look into it. And then I love this, in which our hands have handled. How many of you ever, you've played with the things of God? And I know that might sound strange to you, but did you know you can handle the things of God? We, we, again, many of you know, we had the privilege of journeying with Brother Hagen, and I learned this from him. Brother Hagen, he was like a child with a toy, yeah. with the anointing on his life. And you could tell, i tell you, you really, one Brother Hagen funny story. So Brother Hagen had this ability where he'd, he'd walk up to people, and he'd say things like, hey, remember where I was. He'd be preaching. And then he'd hit them. And he knew, and it's so... And when he hit them, it had erased their memory. They would not remember. For real. They would, he would walk up and say, remember where I am? And he'd bop them. And they'd be like, uh, 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 and it, but he could play with it. Yeah. And he knew how to play. He knew how to play with the things of God. He knew how to move. You'd watch, we had a class where we watched his videos. 
he'd be like waved his hand, like all of them would jump or fall over. Yeah, yeah, he'd play with it. He'd play. He'd play with it. He'd play with the things. Did you know you can play with the things of God in your life, and you should. Does that make sense? Y'all look at me kind of funny. See, God's. I can't talk about you. I can only talk about me. So you understand that if I talk about me, I'm not trying to brag. Y'all understand that, right? This is not me, but I can't talk about you unless I know you a little bit better Then I can pick on you like I know her, right? And so, but like God's given me an ability to teach, right? Many times what y'all see, especially if you're watching me right now, I have no idea what's coming next. (laughs) (laughs) You don't either, me either. But but I've learned to play, I've learned to play with the things of God. Right? There's freedom when you handle the things of God. Right? right? What, what keeps a lot of seasoned believers from stepping deeper into the things of God is one, is they want control. Don't, got to get over that want. Amen. Just got to get over it. Just say, just want you say it out loud. Say, I do not need, I do not need to be in control. To be in control. I know it is. I heard some of y'all. I'm going to try not to look at the people that it hurts. But, uh, right, so you don't need to be in control. Remember, and the reason why I say that, remember that in, in much instances, um, the desire for much control is because there's still fear present. Fear and control are tied together. Right? So you just need to know, whenever you see a controlling person, uh, you can have compassion on them because you just know they're afraid. Something is eating them up in the fear department. That's why they feel like they gotta have, I gotta have this control. I gotta know how everything's gonna line out. I gotta, I gotta be in control. That's just fear, right? Now, hey, praise God. We know the antidote to fear. What's the antidote of fear? The perfect love of Jesus casts out all fear. Amen. So, what does that look like? Do you know Jesus has got you? Can I say this out loud? Do you know, and uh, we, I was talking to some people uh, over the last couple of weeks, and, and forgive me if, if I don't remember all the stuff or if it was you, because um, I'm not trying to pick on you, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is, um, but remember that God's just too big to miss. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say that one more time? God's just too big for you to miss him. One of the biggest things that gets Christians bound up in fear is missing God. Right? Does that make sense? And the reason why is, is again, well-intended preachers sit up there and they'll tell you things like, well, where is the, where's the safest place in the planet, Jill? Where's the safest place? Remember? In the sea, well, you'd say that most church people, that's a good answer. So I just, but most Christians say, most Christians say, in the in the center of the perfect will of God. You ever heard that before? Where's the safest place in the world? Right. Where, is, where all of your supply, all your, your needs are going to be met if you're in the center. You know, and, and it's the fear of missing God that limits most Christians. Do you understand that? It's this fear of, because if I make a mistake, I'm going to mess up the cosmic plan of God. That's what we were, you and I were raised real similar in that, weren't we? You and I were raised to, but, and it's so, and I say that because it bound me up in so much fear for many years. Because you were just afraid to make a mistake. You were afraid to miss it. You were afraid to, to make an error. It's like when I was a kid, I was like, 
Well, no. So you understand that to disobey God, right? Three things have to happen for you to disobey God. You have to have heard him clearly, understood him fully, and then said no. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. For you to disobey God, you have to have heard him clearly, know exactly what he was saying, and what he, understood him, what he meant, and then say, yeah, I know God, I'm not doing that. I, I, many of you know I like to hunt and I do archery and different stuff, so I use an archery analogy. It's kind of like if I had a target over there and I was shooting a bow and arrow, because many times we think missing God is, is I'm trying real hard, Right? And I pull back the bow and I'm shooting and I'm trying to get the dead center middle of the will of God. Because if I get anywhere else on the target, I've made a mistake. Right? And that's what we think. Right? Well, no, no. Missing God is like if the target's there, I go, okay, I'm going to shoot this way. <laughs> that's missing God. Right? Otherwise, if I'm saying, Lord, my heart's for you, my heart's towards you. I'm shooting, and here, here we go. You know what God does? God like has this automatic bullseye target. He's like the God Robin Hood. <laughs> it, it, it's right. He's a, well, actually, I was so funny. I should have, if a video, you can Google it or YouTube it when you get home. His name is Mark Rober, and if you've seen him, he's the guy that engineered the, um, the, the, the glitter bombs. Anybody seen the glitter bomb? Yeah. He's the same engineer. It, it's worth a good day of binge watching Mark Roper. Okay, so on YouTube, he makes he, he's famous for making these uh, package bombs. You know, people are stealing all these package. I think Delane and y'all y'all had a package thrown in a ravine or something like that. So he's uh, so he's uh, he's <laughs> he's uh, he's his Tony's Christmas present was there, but uh, uh, but uh, uh, but he was famous for making this bomb, and the bad guys take it off your front porch and they sneak off in their house, and when they open it up. It explodes this glitter and squirts out fart spray and starts sa- start sounding like the police are coming and all this kind of stuff. And, and then he captures this video and puts it on YouTube of all these bad guys' responses, right? So it's great stuff. But, um, but before he made the glitter bomb, he made the, the dartboard that's 100% bullseye. And he literally threw his stuff and he made this thing. And you watch him and, and people are throwing darts and this this thing is moving and every time they throw they get a bullseye yeah. god that's god yeah. if you're just moving in his direction yes. Yes. if you're just trying if you're just saying lord my heart is towards you my heart is for you he's moving the target yeah. amen, amen. <laughs> he said hey look at that he look he goes you know because all of us are god's special needs child y'all understand that right all all of us Right, all of us have our own unique spiritual special needs. Ain't none of us can do this performance thing at all, right? We're all playing with a handicap. Everybody understands that, you know what I mean? Okay, and so God is real good. He moves the target, right? Because that's what He just loves to do. He loves to see you win, right? He loves to see ours is just Lord. My heart is towards you. My heart is for you. I'm moving in your direction. Does this make, that's why, and I said all that, that was all free to get to the point of, that's why you can let go of control. Yes. Come on, can you say it? That's why you can let go of control. And you can just focus on, is my heart for you? 
Is my heart towards you? Is my, is, and again, and, and I don't know why I'm getting off on this. Maybe this is helping somebody. It, it, it's over in Psalms chapter 37, verse 4, right? Y'all probably all know this one by heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and, and he will give you the desires of your heart, right? Uh, the, the instruction in that verse isn't focus on the desires of your heart. The instruction in that verse is, is God your delight? And if God is your delight, and I learned this years ago from the Spirit of God, if I can just say, Lord, you're my delight, then I can trust the desire of my heart. Because how many of you have prayed a prayer or heard somebody else or you're here for a friend? Right? You know how that goes. I'm asking for a friend. You know what I mean? And you sit there and say, well, is it God or is it me? Anybody ever prayed that prayer before? Lord, is this desire, is this you or is it me? The better question is, is, is God your delight? And if God is your delight, then that desire is both him and you. That's so good. Does that make sense? Then the desire of your heart, it must, man, y'all pull all kinds. You understand the desire of your heart must be both him and you. Because again, we, we, we painted this, that God is this person who I call him, we, many people believe he is the God of opposite world. Right? Meaning, how do you know it's God's will for you to do something? You don't want to do it. That's how you know. Right? But that's not true. Don't write that down. That's not a good note. Okay? Right? That's, that's the bad note. Bad note. Right? But, but you hear, I mean, how many of you heard again? You've heard pastors and preachers say, well, God had to drag me kicking and screaming into the ministry because I didn't want to go. Have y'all heard that before? I didn't want to do this pastoring thing, but God just wouldn't let me get away. Can I just give you a piece of advice? If you run into somebody that says that, A, have a conversation with them. And, and, and if they haven't let the ministry become their desire and they want to do it, run. Yes. <laughs> Please, run. Run as fast as you can, as far as you can, because you don't want to be ministered to and pastored by somebody who doesn't want to be there. Because they'll beat you up like they're beating themselves up. Right? Does that make sense? And so, because in God's way of doing things, like we said last week, right, that God always wanted to work with us. But, but that with part includes the willingness to do it. Yeah. Right? Remember, it's the willing and the obedient who eat the good of the land. That's why when God says this, he actually gives you the desire. So he gives you the want to. So when your heart is for him and you want to do something, God gave you the want to and you actually want to. So it should actually be both you and God who want to do that thing. Y'all look at me kind of funny. Now, I, now here's, here's the caveat, because I, I can feel the yeah buts, right? Yeah. Now, I didn't say that he was going to, how do I say this nicely? Um, God is awesomely adventurous. So he is not necessarily overly interested in my complete comfort. <laughs> 
Does that make sense? So he doesn't sit there. We, most of us in here are parents, yeah. right? You realize that if you did everything your children wanted to do for their comfort, right? They would be lazy, fat, right? Useless. What else could we say that would be negative, right? There'd be all kinds of stuff. Entitled, rude. Yeah. Does, that, does that make sense? So as a good parent, many times we look at them and go, I don't care, little Buford. I don't care if you want to. I don't care if you feel like it. I, I, I don't care. I mean, I can tell you how many times my kids will come up to me and, Daddy, and I'll look at I don't care. I just, I just don't care. No, I care about you. I care about you enough to not let you stay a brat. Yes. Does that mean? <laughs> I, I care enough about you to let you be successful. Right. And so I'm going to ask you to do something that in the moment you may not be comfortable doing. You may not like it. Right. But you will love it. Well, not even so much. I mean, I found in my own kids, does this make sense? They love it in the short term. Does, I mean, again, I've told the story before. I can't tell me how many times we lived in Canada. When they were small and they were all little bitty and would be in the grocery store. And we did things like we made them mind. Right? And we made them mind with a good attitude. Right? And I can tell you how many times, countless times, strangers walked up. Now, the one that all got me is the lady that walked up and gave each of them $5. And said, y'all are some of the best behaved kids I've ever seen. And, 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 the, and the kids are sitting there looking at five bucks. And they look up at me and I say, hold on, I'll tell you why you got that $5 in just a second. Say thank you to the nice lady. Right? Yeah. And they said, Daddy, why'd you give us $5? Because you learned to do stuff that you didn't want to do in the moment, but was really good for you. Yeah. How's it feel now? Oh, I like this. I know you do. <laughs> right? I like this. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh -huh. So I started, um, because as they grow, those things get a little tougher, you know? And so what I started saying was, okay, I need you to go do X, Y, Z. You're welcome. And they were like, why are you saying you're welcome all the time? I said, because I need the reminder so that I know when you're 30, you're going to really thank me. <laughs> but I'm, right now, I'm just saying you're welcome because I need it. <laughs> it's an advance, right? Yeah. Just, but does that make sense? I say all of that to say the, this is what it looks like to handle the things of God. To handle the things of God. To handle, how do you handle Jesus? Right? You handle Jesus by, by doing the works of Jesus. So every time you share the revelation and truth God has given you, you've just handled Jesus. And the reality of him has grown. Every time you go and you reach out and you pray for somebody, amen, you give somebody a ride, right? Every time you do something, you handle the work of Christ, you are handling Christ. And as you handle Christ and he becomes real, the reality of him sets you free. And the reality of him becomes tangible. Does that make sense? And it's what we were talking about this. And it becomes real. It becomes something now you can tell your children. You can boast of in the Lord. You can talk about, right? Does that make sense? But, but 
I say all that because of what I'm about to give you. Now, did you want to say something, Tony? Did you have a hand? Oh, okay. Looked like you were about to say something. So um, I want to give you something. This is an early Christmas present from Selena. Yeah, can you hand, hand one of these out to each household? Right? Because we're talking about, and I'm going to get into this blessing the Lord. We talked about it a little bit last night about declaring the blessing of God over your life. I'm going to talk about a little bit more about this is part of the process of your progress, right? This is part of the process of you increasing, and we'll, we'll talk about it here. But in, I'm not going to read I'm going to let you do it. Uh, what we're handing you is two psalms. Both of these psalms were written by Pastor Alan Duke, who was the associate pastor at our Irondale campus, who recently uh, passed away due to covid uh, and we, we buried him about a month ago, I guess, um, and stuff. So this is some of, hey, I wanted, to have, I wanted you to have a piece of Alan in your life because he was just a great man. So I wanted you to have a remembrance of him. But this is something that he gave Selena and I last year or the year before. Yeah, about two years ago. And, and these are things, these are blessings. These are things that are from Scripture that you can say over your life. So that's why I wanted you to have them. Remember we talked about declaring and that the blessing of God is audible. It's vocal. Mm-hmm. Remember that, that the whole process, and for time's sake, I won't rehash last week's message. But when we talk about blessing and being blessed and blessing our lives and blessing stuff, it's audible. It's always connected to words. That's where the blessing always starts. So when you actually talk about it, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Like I love and here I, want to, I love the first one, the, the Psalm of Expectation. It's a great one. We, we say this one almost daily, right? And we say it out loud, and I encourage you to, to say it out loud over your life, over your family. But this, I look forward to this day that the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice as I go my way. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so excited. I just can't wait. I'm ready to start. It's going to be great. I'm not afraid of pressure or stress. I trust the Lord. I'm expecting the best. I will easily accomplish all I need to do. The greater one in me will see me through. I will be a blessing to the world wherever I go. I am a cheerful giver and I look for ways to sow. I am here to bring life to everyone I greet. I am helpful and generous to everyone I meet. Good things happen to me all the time. I stand out in a crowd. His favor causes me to shine. The spirit of increase is upon my house today. That is all I talk and that's all I'm going to say. I have plenty of time, money, strength and energy, ability, wisdom and anointing to do everything I need to do to overcome every challenge I face and to solve every problem that needs solving. Because the greater one is in me, he will rise up big in me, give illumination to my mind, direction to my spirit, and put me over and cause me to triumph. Amen. Isn't that good? Amen. And these are just things like that you can say. Now go with me. I told you to go to 1 Timothy. In the back, there's another one on the back. The one on the back is Selena's favorite. Isn't that right? That the one on the back <laughs> yes. is your favorite? Yes. Maybe I should have read your favorite one. Yes, that's about it. That would be... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm good looking and all that stuff that's there if you read the back but I want to go with you because as we talk about this and how am I doing on timeline here this okay this morning everybody doing alright 
So I want to share with you this because it's kind of in connection in what we were saying. Because I just gave you something that I do genuinely ask you guys that I want you to read regularly. I want you to read it out loud. I want you to read it over yourself and over your family. Right? Not because Pastor Allen wrote it, but because it's full of the Bible. Now, we love honoring Pastor Allen, but it's because it's full of, of Scripture. Does that make sense? But go with me here. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. And, and we'll see where we get to today. And this may bleed over. I don't know if it'll bleed over to the next time I get up here or if it'll bleed over into the new year. But we'll pick up here if we don't finish. But here are things that, we'll, that, that the Lord wrote in here to show you and I how we can progress or move forward in life. Can I just be honest? And, and if you want to raise your hand, you, you can. Um, but this is what I felt. How many of you here feel stuck? Anybody feel stuck? If you just be bold enough to raise your hand and say, I'm just, I feel like I'm just kind of stuck. Right? I'm just kind of stuck at where I am in life. I'm just kind of stuck. I kind of feel like it's just the same old, same old. It's just kind of wash, rinse, repeat kind of a thing. Does that make sense? Um, well, I want you to look at this because here's how you get unstuck, right? This is some very practical stuff from God on how we get unstuck in our lives. It says, number one in verse 12, let no one despise your youth. I'm going to put it on here. Let no one despise your age, no matter what it is, because that's what he's talking about. Paul specifically is talking to Timothy, who was a younger man at the time. So he was really trying to encourage Timothy, but I don't think it's breaking scripture to say that's for all of us. Yeah. Right? Because in our, like in Paul's culture, they despised youth. They honored the elderly in wisdom and age. We've almost kind of flipped that script in our culture here today, haven't we? Where we honor youth, but we kind of despise old age. Right? We kind of despise. Here, I think we could say, no matter what, how old, if you're young, if you're old, if you're over the hill, under the hill, what, whatever, don't let nobody, even yourself. Yes. <laughs> Remember Paul was writing to Timothy. He said, don't let nobody, even yourself, despise your youth. Despise your age. Because I'm sure Timothy was experiencing some prejudice. But I think Timothy was also kind of doing what we all do. He was kind of saying, oh, well, I'm not old enough. I'm not experienced enough. And so some of this, the person who was despising Timothy's age was Timothy. He was allowing it, but he was despising. Well, he, you're going to meddling again, right? I mean, you remember, remember when we allow things to happen, when, when other people, and please hear me, and I'm not talking about, because there's certain things that you're walking down the street and a bad guy jumps out and hits you on the back of the head and mugs you. You didn't do that. Right. <laughs> Does that make sense? That was the bad guy. That's, I know that's a very hyper analogy. But most of the stuff that happens to us, is we allow it to happen because I first was allowing it to myself. I let people talk to me a certain way because, well, on the inside, eh, it's okay to talk to me that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Y'all probably all have somebody in your life. Y all, y all, we all got somebody 
that, you know, we're there and somebody starts to talk bad about you and your friend or family member or that close one, they, they become your defender. Anybody got that kind of person? Yes. Amen. Where they rise up. Miss Eloise, I hope that's you for me. I, I, you're, you're a great defender, right? I mean, is, you know, but that, that person, oh, don't you talk about them like that in front of me. You don't. You ever, uh-huh. you ever had that kind of stuff happen before? Um, well, you know, uh, that is wonderful when we have those people to do that. And we also need to do that for ourselves. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Amen. We need to do that for our, for ourselves. Amen. Amen. Again, the, the few times it doesn't happen. I'm gonna pick on us now. It's me picking on me. But the, you know, the few times when Selena and I get into arguments with each other, like our flesh gets away, my flesh gets away. I can always tell I've gone too far because I will say, and she'll go, "Oh no, you didn't say that to me." <laughs> And she'll look at me and she go, oh, no, you didn't say, uh-uh. uh-uh. And then she starts reaching for that earring like it's going to come out. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sorry about that. I kind of let myself get away. I crossed the line right there. I shouldn't have. You know, that's okay. No, no, she takes her earrings off, so she's about to fight me is what she's doing. So she's giving me nothing to grab a hold of. <laughs> she's leaving you no handles to, to hang on to. Does that make sense? Amen. <laughs> but that's awesome. But I mean, does, does that make sense? You know, but that's also why she carries great respect around her whole world. Does, does, hello, does that make sense? Can I, I mean, it's funny. I'm now, I'm, I'm, this little bit, can I brag? I mean, I love my wife so much. I love watching little bitty kids, especially new ones that come in. Because, you know, kids are like little psychologists, right? They, though, they look at you and they like, and they're like psychologists and sharks mixed together because they, they, they smell a drop of, of fear or hesitancy in like a bajillion parts of emotional water. And they know, oh, that one, I can get something by on that one. They, y'all have all seen that like with little kids and they're evaluating a room and they're looking up and they're like, yeah, I got that one. And then I just love watching little kids brains. Yeah, I can, I can get what I want from that, uh, that adult. I love watching people with, they'll come around, they'll see Selena and they'll look. And I just with their little faces like, that one's different. <laughs> that, that one, that one is, uh, and, it's, and, and, and she's not mean or she's not nothing, but just, I've just seen little kids and we've been around people before. How did you get my kid to do that? How'd you, how'd you, how, how did that, how did you? And that's because, oh, well, she goes, well, I just had an expectation. And it's just, it's, I'm saying that, to, again, I know we have a lot of parents in here with little bitty kids. Amen. Just expect them. Amen. I've said this before. It's a great parent. I expect my children to behave. I expect them to. I'm shocked when they don't. It's not the other way around. Does that make sense? I just expect them to behave. I expect them to have a good attitude. And when they don't, and please hear me, they, they don't sometimes. I'm always like, what? genuinely, what? What is that? Yeah. Just, what's, yeah. That's not, no, let's talk about that just really. Yeah. I know you didn't mean that. Give me another. <laughs> and some of them, like some of them, they, they push you. They want to see, they want to love watching Caleb grow up. Now I'm telling everybody because he's getting that good pubescent testosterone flush coming on and he's going to kind of bow up a little bit 
And you, you want your little guys to bow. You want them to be little roosters. Right. Yeah, I don't want a mealy-mouthed young man. Uh, but I also want a respectful one. So you just have to say, listen now, little rooster. Right? Don't, don't, don't make me pluck you right here in front of everybody. <laughs> so, so you just ratchet that right on down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Guys, listen. Do that with each other. Okay, wives, just expect your husband to love you. Amen. Just have an expectation. He, this man loves me. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? Husbands have just an expectation. My wife respects me. Right? Yeah. Just, just have an internal... It, y'all looking at me real funny this morning. <laughs> I know, but just have an expectation. Right, because many times, and I have to move on. What happens is, is we expect the other, and we're shocked when we get what we expected. Yeah, that's right. Come on now. Again, if you run around in our culture today, we just expect, for example, teenagers to be quote unquote teenagers, right? And then we get all offended when they act like we expected them to act. Well, why am I doing that? I expected it of them. <laughs> right? I should only be shocked if they're doing contrary to what I expect of them. Again, I'll leave it. They, they, they talk about a story, and I've read it as true. I haven't done the, the snoops or whatever it is background to see if the story is actually true, but it'll, it'll bear here. But they talk about there was a story uh, that they had two teachers in a public school setting. And to one teacher... They told one, and it was this weird, sick, twisted social experiment. It is true because I'm the one that read it in the book where the, oh, that's right. the teacher was yeah. actually part of the experiment. Yeah, was well, it? And so, so the teacher was there, but they, they told one teacher, this is the best group of our students. You're getting the A-plus group. This is the honors group. They are excelling. These guys are all going to Ivy League college, and they just lied about this group of kids to the teacher. And they, they had another teacher, and they told them the reverse. They said, this is the worst group of kids we got. These are the most hellacious kids. Misbehave. They're misfits. Ain't nothing good going to come out of this group. Good luck. Which was also a lie. Because at the end of the experiment, it was reverse. And it was all based on expectation. So the teacher who thought he was getting the honor students had a classroom full of kids that got A's. And excelled, but they happened to actually be all the misfits, mm-hmm. all the downers, all the backwards ones, right? And the guy that was told these were all the, the future convicts, right? That was actually the honors students of the school, but he had this expectation that they would give him trouble, so they just gave him trouble. Hello? The understand? I just read this article that's true, talking about the current world we live in now, that they actually have had enough COVID cases under diagnosis that they can look at you and if you're afraid, you're not going to make it. <laughs> if you're afraid, I've read before about cancer. They did a similar study over cancer people. Didn't matter the type of cancer they received. People who heard the word cancer and fell apart into fear didn't make it, even if it was totally curable. And people who had literally incurable cancer that was going to, that would kill most anybody. They just had a positive, bright, expectant attitude that they're going to be just fine. This will be okay. And now, please hear me. This is all devoid of God. This is not Christians. These are just psychological studies. And those people, they all beat the cancer. 
I sit there to say, and all that I'm trying to say is, what are we expecting? And that's generated in me. That's not generated in her. That's generated in me. Right? Okay, that's all free. Anyway, when did I leave y'all hanging? Y'all got it real quick. First Timothy chapter 12, don't despise your youth. Don't despise your age. Right? But be an example, I love this, to the believers in word and in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Amen. Right? We could just stop right there and go home and that'd be a great message. Those are the things you need to focus on. But love this. Paul says, but till I come, talking about himself, but I believe we could also say without breaking the scripture, till Jesus comes. Because again, this is the word of God written by the spirit of God to us. So till I come, Jesus says, give attention to, and then for time's sake, he mentions these things. He says, give attention to reading. To exhortation makes uh, Aldra and my readers happy when they says give attention to reading. Give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you by the laying on the hands of prophecy and the eldership. Verse 15, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them and your progress will be seen by all. So back to how do you get unstuck? God says, oh, you get unstuck by... Give attention to reading, exhortation, doctrine, the gift of God that is in you. Meditate on these four things and you will progress. How do you get unstuck in life? Here's the roadmap to getting unstuck. Now, where I want to end and land today for time's sake, we'll pick up on all of them because all of them are neatly unpacked. That word reading there, it is specifically talking about reading the Bible. Reading of the scriptures. Give yourself to the reading of the word of God. But that word reading there, and this is where I was trying to build up to all morning, is a unique word. It, it includes and means the action of reading, the actual reading the, the words on the page. But it has implied on top of that word reading, you're going to own what you read. Does that make sense? So it's not just the action of reading alone. Yep, I spent my Bible time, checked off the box, read my chapters. No, it's this attitude of give attention to reading and owning what you read. That's why as we start this new year, you're going to hear me talk about three things the Lord told us to focus on in the coming year. Right? Um, One of them is that we love to hear the voice of God, right? The other one, and I want to focus, is we love to do the word of God. So when you hear me actually say any more move forward, we love the Bible, we love the word of God, I'm talking about we love to do the word of God. That's what we love. At Life of Faith as a church, as a church family, we love the word of God. Yes, we love the physical book of it. You'll hear me talk about that. Yes, we love the action of studying it and reading it and looking. But we really love to do the Word of God. And that's what that word reading there means. Paul says to Timothy, give attention to reading the Scripture with the attitude of someone who is going to own what they read and put it into practice.
They're going to own it and do it. Does that make sense? Right? In, in, in James chapter 2, and, and, and this is why, and we'll end with this. Because we all know, how does faith come? By hearing the word of God, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Look at what James says in chapter 2, verse 14 of his book. He says, what does it profit, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? And, and what is the answer to that? Nothing. Apparently, in the context, nothing. Can faith save him? What's the answer to that in James's thing? No. No. <laughs> does that mean, is that, I'm not going to leave us in the weeds, I promise. If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one says to them, depart in peace, warm, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? And the answer is nothing. Thus also faith by itself alone if it does not have, and I love what one translation says, if it does not have with it the corresponding action, it is dead. Right? It's, it's in unfruitful. So even though faith is wonderful, right? But faith without a corresponding action is what? Dead. It's dead. Now, please hear me, and y'all know I'm not talking about works. I know some of us came from word of faith, and this is normally where the good old preacher would start beating you up about what you're not doing. Okay? <laughs> so I promise I'm not picking up a stick, and I'm not going to hit nobody with stuff, right? I just, I just love the little analogy that he gave. He said, oh, remember, corresponding actions are obvious. Right? He said, hey, look, you look and see somebody has a need. Oh, let me go do that. You know, I can look over here and, and go, you know, I'm going to pick on Nicholas because he's new. Sorry, Nicholas. You know, oh, Nicholas is hungry. He, he looks like he could use some lunch. Hey, you want to go lunch? See, that's how easy that is. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's real easy. Everybody say easy. easy. Everybody say obvious. obvious. So remember, the corresponding action of faith is easy and obvious. That's so good. Right? It's easy and obvious. It's not obscure. Right, you'll see it, you'll know it. But let's keep going. But someone will say in verse 18, you have faith and I have works. James says, show me your faith without your works. I will show you my faith with my works. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's the whole proverbial, you and I are doing what we actually believe. Yeah. Our current action is what I believe. I've heard me say as much as I, this is the verse I get that out of as much, as much as it hurts my feelings and it might hurt yours too. But as much as it hurts my feelings, the life I'm living right now is actually the life I believe. Okay, I'm going to let that just, oh, don't throw rocks yet. I'm, 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 I'm rowing with you, right? I'm rowing with you. Amen. That, that, that's that. It, it, it's just true. Right? Now, where did I leave you off? You believe that there is one God and you do well. Notice this. And this came in the question. Even the demons believe and tremble. 
But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Isn't it interesting that he says that? Man, even the devils believe, but because their belief has no corresponding action, it does them no good. <laughs> their belief actually led them in the opposite direction. Their true belief, because they corresponded and went with Satan. Is this, is this all making sense to you? Oh, foolish man, do you not see that work, faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together? And I love this word, working together. Working in practical harmony between vertical faith and horizontal works. There is a practical harmony of faith and works. A practical one, right? With his works, and by, work, and by works, faith was made perfect or complete. And the scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by his faith alone. Likewise also Rahab the harlot was justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So this is why, and I say this is, and we'll unpack this more, and please, if this stirs up all kinds of stuff, this is where we're going to talk and question stuff on Thursdays, right? Because I know this is what's, I mean, I look around the room, I know many of us came again from a place called Word of Faith. Anybody, who is the Word of Faithers here, right? And you were just, we were beat to death <laughs> with this, right? And I please promise me I'm not beating anybody to death. I do want to sit there and say, though, but this is, but there is a corresponding action to what we believe that is obvious and it's there. And it's that corresponding action, that beginning action that is activating faith and transforming our life. Does that mean it's that beginning thing? This, it, you've probably heard this analogy before. It'd be like, again, how many of you know I love my wife? Anybody, anybody have any doubts that I love my wife? How do you know I love my wife? Say it all the time. I, huh? Tell us all the time. I do tell you all the time. I do. But how do you really know I love my wife? Come on, be honest. I do take care of her. What do you mean you're watching me with her? What does that mean? I get to see you interact with her, what you do. That's right. That's right. You get to. So even though I do, I love, and you're right, I, love, I tell you all the time, I tell everybody I can because I got a great wife. Right, but uh, you know, know what set me free is um, <laughs> we were in Canada. Remember this? And there was, a, there was another Chinese, a little Chinese brother. And that, that doesn't matter that he was Chinese. I just remember his face. But it, his name was Roland Ma. He was actually Malaysian. I love Brother Roland. Roland came up to me one day on Sunday in church. He walked up. He said, hey, Pastor Brad, can I talk to you? I said, sure. He goes, uh, what's going on with you and Selena? And I was like, uh, uh, nothing that I know of. Why? He goes, okay, good. I just thought I'd check. You know, I've been with you now for a number of years and I, I never see you hold her hand. I never see you touch her. I never see you show affection to her. I just want to make sure y'all are okay. And he was genuine and he was real and it was not guilt. It was just, he had been watching and observing. Remember that? And he had been watching and observing and looking. And he heard me say what I've told y'all. But he didn't see me do what I said. So he had a doubt. 
And that's just because what we believe will show up in what we do. And the thing is, is now once I like we said all morning, I will bless the Lord. So now we can read scripture. We can see what God says and I can be intentional in it as a corresponding act of faith. Right? Because guys, let's be the, the Bible is clear and plain and simple. Right? And it's instructing. Oh, I can bless the Lord. Oh, okay. I'll do that. That's why I wanted to give you this. Because sometimes I know that it might be new. Well, what does that look like? It looks like what Pastor Allen wrote up. I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to bless my life. I'm going to praise God. It's what Selena was saying when she started this morning. I'm going to tell the stories to my kids. I'm shocked many times, and I, I fall short of this. I, I forgot. I was telling some story the other day, and all my older kids now, 17 and 14, and all looked at me and go, we've never heard that story. And I'm like going, oh, okay, wow. There's, then there's a lot of stories I haven't said. I need to talk more. <laughs> I need to tell the stories that God has been faithful to show us. I need to tell the things God has been faithful to, to do in our life. I need to take the time myself and remember so that I can know what to say and tell my kids. Because the scripture says if I'll tell them forward to the next generation, it'll help be a seedbed of faith in their life. It's not a work because, man, if I don't do that, I'm a horrible dad. It's a, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got to do that. I got to tell my story. Does that make sense? It's, it, it's, 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 again, it's like when you look at somebody and go, man, Brad could stand a bologna sandwich. He looks hungry. Let me go get Brad a bologna sandwich. Here, here's a bologna sandwich. Right? It, it, it's easy. It's e and I want to really simplify living life of faith because we've overcomplicated it. We've made it again, like we said before, oh, I didn't do it just, don't worry about doing it just right. Just look for the obvious, read the scripture, give yourself to reading of the scripture. But the attitude of reading for us is I'm going to own this. And if I can look at it and there's something clear in the instruction, like I will bless the Lord, bless God, I'll bless the Lord. I have no idea what that looks like. Here we go. Does that, I love that. And in the spirit world, it, it does kind of thing. One last story. I told you I've been reading a book called Imagine Heaven, and this one just hit me. In the story of the book, there's a story of an atheist, a man who dies as an atheist, and he is going towards hell, right? And in this man's story, he's talking about how these fallen other human spirits are leading him further and further away from the presence of God, and he realizes, oh, I'm dead. Oh, I'm going somewhere I don't want to go. And then I love this. He goes, and then he just starts saying, he says, and all of a sudden he was in this turmoil. He reads this story. He heard something out here tell him. Yeah, he heard something that, you know, say the name of the Lord or something. I forgot all the story. But what I loved in the story was, and I say this in this, is he said, so he started saying everything he knew. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. (laughs) Glory, glory, hallelujah. God bless America. I mean, and he 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 just starts saying Anything he can think of, right, that has any connection to God at all, even if we hear it like that and you read it in the book and you're like going, and he says, but every time I said those things, the evil spirits would loosen me. So I say that to say many times, don't overcomplicate this process. 
don't, you can look at it and go, I will bless the glory, glory, hallelujah. The saints go marching in. Amen. In God we trust. God bless America. Play ball. I mean, you know, it's just, just start. I mean, just get going. Just, just say something and bless the Lord. I just wanted to give you something to kind of give you a little bit of a runway that you could start with, but this is not a limiting thing. This is, you can start here, but the attitude is I want to now from here on, I want to read the word and I'm going to own what I read. So if I read it and it says something as clear as I will bless the Lord, then I'm going to bless the Lord. If it says something as clear as husband, love your wife, bless God, I'm just going to love her. Right? If it says something as clear as, hey, don't provoke your children to wrath, which means this, don't set the standard so high that they're so aggravated that they could never get it. That's what that word actually means, is the standard is set, no matter how hard they try, they're never going to get there. God says, That's, that, that'll provoke them to wrath. Right? Drop the bar a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And, and, and all this kind of, I mean, it, all this kind of, when it looks at it, it says, hey, dwell, dwell in peaceably with the brethren. I mean, I even got, I mean, I even got to the sermon I thought I'd get to in December. <laughs> about God says, blessed be the peacemakers. Yeah. Did you understand you're a peacemaker? Yes. And, in, and in our world today, we, we need some more peacemakers. Amen. Right? And God said, blessed are the peace people who will go out and they'll just make peace. Okay, great. You wanted to get poked? Hallelujah. You got poked. I'm so glad you got poked. I celebrate your pokiness. Yeah. <laughs> no, come on. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you understand that? We are fighting over a shot. Yeah. And, and, and sure, there's... Sure. Okay, Whatever. But at the end of the day, yeah. be a peacemaker. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there's been times there's things more important. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I told this, I mean, I, get, I can say people, I know, bristly, it's, it's a hot button topic. Back in when I was started in ministry, you know what the hot button topic was? It was abortion stuff. Still a little bit hot button topic. Yeah. And I finally decided, you know what? Before I go toe to sign and shout and yell... I don't think I have a right to do that till I've held her hand and walked with her into the clinic and sat with her and cried and prayed and begged and offered to take the baby. So let me not tote a sign if I'm not willing to be a peacemaker. Let me not blow up a building. Can I just... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Until I'm willing to be a peacemaker. But Jesus said, blessed are those who like, who like me made peace with the world that hated me. Because yeah. yes. Jesus made peace. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that's right. This, this, that's right. So if I'm going to read that and go, oh. Oh, and then Paul in Romans said, man, if it, as much as is dependent upon you, live peaceably with all men. Then James in chapter 3 says things like this. Oh, you're going to sow the peaceable fruits of righteousness by making peace. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, so I guess I should go make peace. Yeah. Right? Can I, this makes it. Oh, the Bible says, if you'd like to have a friend, why don't you just be friendly? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Why don't you just be somebody people want to be around? Be nice. Does that make sense? I mean, why don't you? That's what I'm talking about. But if I can read it, I'm going to own it. And that's the easy stuff. Then I want to really own this stuff. Oh, wait a minute. You said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For the message itself is the power of God unto salvation. To the Jew first and also to the, to the Greek. So, oh, wow, those who declare the good news of Jesus, we're actually making eternal peace. Because it's actually all over the place. It's called the gospel of peace. So every time I declare the gospel, I'm a peacemaker. Every time I reach out and I touch someone, because he says you can lay on your hands on somebody in the name of Jesus and they'll be. Every time I touch somebody, I'll own it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Amen. Well, Lord, I'm done it again. I've yammered on, and these people have been so kind to sit here, be patient. We're so thankful. In Jesus' name. Lord, just show us what it looks like. Lord, just to live the Bible for real. With no churchiness in it, as we said earlier. No changing of our voice. No holier-than-thou pretense. Just an excitedness that it's so practical and so real. In the name of Jesus. Guys, can you just do this with me this morning? If you'd join me, and I'm going to pray this prayer. I'll pray it out loud. And if you're in agreement, you can just, where you are, say, okay, I'll do that too. Amen. Because that makes sense. Father, Lord, help me to just live the easy of the Bible every day. Amen. Just help me. If I, Lord, if I can see it, I'll do it. <laughs> and I'll do it happily. I'll do it excitedly. I'll just sit, do it eagerly. Hmm. Amen. I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Because, guys, this is what I've learned something. Many times we're, we're seeking God for clarity on the things that are unclear, that maybe aren't expressly written in the Bible. But I have found that the more I dedicate myself to doing what is clear in the Bible, the unclear just takes care of itself. And the unclear just becomes clear. Because many times we're on this pursuit, and please hear me, it's not wrong to, we're on this pursuit of, Lord, what do I do in XYZ situation? I don't necessarily see a scripture for that. So I need your guidance and he will guide you. But uh, it really does start with this commitment of, Lord, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do what's clear. I'm going to start what is clear and I'll start with the clear and you'll take care of everything else. Right. And you'll show me what I need to know when I need to know it. Amen. So if you're here today, the very first instruction of clarity is, is will you believe? Will you trust him? Will you say, okay, Lord, yeah. Amen. I think I said it last week. Will you just quit poking him with a stick and will you just jump in? I just can't get past that for some reason. Amen. If you're here today and you'd like to say, Lord, I'm all in. I don't know what that fully looks like. But Lord, I know what is clear. And you said that whosoever would believe on you, would trust you. Lord, you would give them everlasting life. You would save them. Is anybody here today? You just kind of let me know. Anybody need to do that? Anybody okay with God? 
That's easy. You okay? Good. Awesome. Amen. Well, it's easy. Just trust Him. Just believe. We thank you for it. So, Lord, everybody here, they trust you. They look to you. They believe in you. So, Lord God, I pray for them that they go deeper. Amen. That they become dissatisfied with their current level. They hunger for more of you. They hunger for more of knowing who you are and your ways. Lord God, that we all would do that. That we'd get closer to you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Thank you all so much. Again, if you've got any questions about what we ever share, please come talk to me immediately. If you want to, send me a text. If you don't have my phone number, I'll give it to you.